0: 99 per month get your free trial today at powerslam.tv
1: hey wrestling fans this is gary michael capetta and you're listening to the all night long wrestling podcast with the enforcer and the stallion
0: Welcome back to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts, he's a stallion, I am the enforcer, and we are coming to you live from the Capitol Building. No, oh, oh no, don't do that. Don't say that.
1: No, I right. don't think... I don't think so. I think our video will get taken down if do <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so true because of it's uh, George Orwell's 1984.
1: That's, that's uh, yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's allowed and what's not allowed anymore. So we should probably just stick to the wrestlings.
0: Okay, so we're just gonna stick to wrestling then. No social commentary because we know where that gets us. I've seen. Yeah, you. I think
1: so. I mean, I,
0: China. I know what happens.
1: I feel like I'm going to be doing a lot of editing on this video.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. As I said, uh, we are back. We are fresh on the heels of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, And man, what a crazy week. And, um, you know, crazy. Forget everything else in the outside world. It was a great week for professional wrestling. We had New Year's Evil. We had New Year's Smash. What's the name, right? New Year's Smash? New Year's Bash? New Year's Smash. I think it was New
1: Year's Smash. New Year's Evil. There's a lot of stuff going on. Last Wrestle
0: Kingdom and um it just a, a crazy week, a very news worthy week. We had the reformation of the bullet club. I don't know if we're allowed to say I is there a cease and desist? I know Tomatonga's pissed, but the Good Brothers, Anderson and Gallows showed up on AEW on Wednesday night and they uh they took out Moxley after Kenny Omega was successful over uh, Ray Phoenix in the main event. And then the Bucks came out and everybody too sweeted and the internet went crazy. Joe, I mean, I know I'm, I'm just kind of uh, spitballing here cause it's a hot topic. Are those the gentlemen that took out hangman uh, that took out John Moxley? You think?
1: Um, maybe back, yeah. I, I assume that if that gets revealed at some point in more detail that it would be related to Don Callis or somebody from his impact organization. Could
0: have been, uh, could have been the Bucks, maybe. Maybe a uh, what do they call that?
1: A Trojan horse, if you will,
0: not the condom. The
1: actual, oh, okay, yeah, the, the actual horse that the, that's the, what the, I was thinking of, yeah.
0: That the Romans, uh, you know, Romans went in on. Hey, uh, speaking of Roman, uh, Kyle O'Reilly had another great showing on NXT New Year's Eve. Joe, why, why is he losing clean twice to Balor? I mean, I get it, but we, I. You know my affinity and our affinity for Kyle O'Reilly in the Undisputed Era. Why would they do it, Joe? Why?
1: I don't have that answer for you. I think they are most likely looking at someone along the lines of a Carrion Cross. Oh, since, sorry. To sorry. take the title back since he was you know, not supposed to really. I don't know when he was supposed to lose it the first time, but he had to, he had to give it up due to injury and then they put it on Balor, who then subsequently got injured as well. So I don't know if that's where they're going to go back to, and maybe that's their plan if they have one. Uh, and they probably plugged in O'Reilly to, A, try to build in another main event level guy as a single competitor and also put on some good matches in the interim.
0: Which was successful. I just don't know if I would have had him tap out clean. Would you? Would that have been the mo- the way you went with that match?
1: Um, Probably not considering that he's kind of a more submission based guy, but you know, they do the same thing with Tim Thatcher. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's their thing. If you're a submission guy, then you need to submit in matches that you lose. I
0: that makes sense. So you're weakest at your strengths, right? So yeah. you are susceptible to what you're good at. It's, uh, I don't get it, but you know, regardless, uh, this week was uh, just really good professional wrestling TV all around. The news is uh, Jay White, though. Your buddy might be heading to the WWE. Seems like his days with New Japan are up or numbered, if that's what you believe, uh, via the internet. Uh, One scale of one to ten, big guy. How excited would you be for Jay White to come to the WWE?
1: One. One. Uno.
0: Uno. (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite
1: games, actually. Uno.
0: I can't picture Jay White having. Uh, he's me. Would you? I mean, I saw he was built at six foot one. I don't see Jay White um, having a success. I could be wrong. I just see him being like the future Dolph Ziggler, right? Like in the WWE, that's how they would use him. He's that build. He's that size. Um, he's great. And uh, hey, go get over. No way, Jose on 205 live, right? That that was your prediction. Jay White doing a 205 live in a heartbeat.
1: <laughs> anybody. Uh, yeah. Of that size or that. Well, he doesn't really work, I guess a, a cruiserweight style anymore. So I can't really say that, but you know, anybody of that size, I think that's where they tend to put people either in uh, 205 live or NXT. So I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, if I was him, I mean, there's always the money factor. So I don't know what he may get offered by wwe if that is in fact an option for him from a career perspective i don't know what his goals are so if he is looking to come to the united states and work for wwe and make a lot of money then i guess that's something that he can do i just you know he has to live with the fact that he won't be protected or pushed as a main event level guy the way that he has in new japan so far so if he's willing to accept that then maybe that's something that he'll he'll do I
0: like Jay White, but he reminds me of um he reminds me of an Adam Cole, both in size um and work rate. And he's a little bigger than Adam Cole, but to me there's nothing that Jay White does, and I don't mean this to come off disrespectfully, that's better than Adam Cole, right? Like Adam Cole to me is probably one a top five or top ten worker professional wrestler in the world. Jay White's up there, but he's not Adam Cole level yet. And Adam Cole is really just the peak of the, of, of everything. And if they're not going to give Adam Cole that opportunity, I can't imagine them being like, Oh yeah, let's bring in Jay white who nobody knows in America for all intents and purposes to the WWE audience and give him an opportunity. I just, I don't see it
1: happening, Joe. No, it's not going to happen. So unless, you know, Vince leaves the company, that's it. That's the only way I could see it happening. And I,
0: I see Daniel Bryan is pushing for a lot more NXT call-ups. Um, it's rumored that, holy shit, I almost called the punishment for Martinez. Um, help me, help me. Judas hey. Messias, ju- ju- give me, give me, what is it?
1: Damian Priest. Damn it. Damian,
0: <laughs> Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley um, did the honors on the way out this week, and they're both coming up to um, the quote-unquote main roster damian priest i could see him being another keith lee a couple of big matches here a couple of big matches there changes music and in a couple of weeks he'll be uh in the brood 3.0 and rhea ripley i i think she'll do just fine on um, the who do you think have? who do you see having a, a bigger impact in the main roster priest or ripley
1: probably ripley i would say Yeah. But I mean, everyone who comes up to the main roster gets ruined pretty quick. So I don't really have any. No,
0: Bianca Belair. No, no, wait a second. Uh, Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Bianca Belair, I mean, she was with the Street Profits for a cup of coffee. And I think they were heading the right direction. And then I don't know what happened. Keith Lee was just. Can you explain that one? That one's. That's a tough one. Tough build to swallow.
1: Uh, He doesn't know how to work. Big man style is my explanation from what I've read. So, you know, uh, but yeah, they, yeah, they've been up and down with pushing him, right. They started a, a pushing him in the beginning and then they cut him down and now they tried to, they push him back up again. And now I don't know what he's going to do after his recent loss to Drew McIntyre. 50, 50 maybe all right? the
0: way through. Yep. Uh, they're doing some good stuff with, uh, I like the boa and Ziya Lee, um, thing on NXT. Um, the, the video packages, the story. Are you a fan of that?
1: Um, I mean, I guess it's a good thing in terms of trying to build Xia Li into something on the weekly show. I don't know if there's going to be a reveal of whoever the mystery person is that's controlling it. So I guess it gives her something to do, especially if they're going to you know, move around some of the, the folks on NXT. Like If Rhea Ripley leaves, they may need more uh, you know, women to feature each week. Uh, I don't know if other women are in line to be called up to either Raw or SmackDown, so it certainly is not a bad thing, I don't think.
0: What are your thoughts on the actual vignettes? Is that something you're in on or you out on?
1: Uh, I mean, they were they were fine, yeah. I mean, again, it gave her something interesting to do. I don't know much about Boa. I, uh, I didn't particularly care for the way that he was beaten up on television by, was it Rhea Ripley or Raquel Gonzalez? I don't know, one of the two. I think
0: and- he got his ass kicked by both.
1: Yeah. So I, but you know we'll see if they do something with him as well. I don't they so far they've only had a match for Ziyali. So.
0: Um I I really like the vignettes. Um it's kind of a throwback to the old school where, you know, think of I think the last one I can really remember is like Alberto Del Rio, right? He had vignettes for like months on end and when he finally showed up you're like, "Oh, okay, I, I'm familiar with this guy. I know Razor Ramon back in the day had some really good vignettes and like they would build up the guys before they got to the show. So you knew who they were. You knew they were about. You knew their gimmick. NXT kind of went the other way. They were like, Oh, Zaylee's here. She's in a couple of tournaments. Uh, she's okay. And then she leaves and comes back. I probably would have started with the vignettes. That's just me. But I like the, um, I like the story behind them. I like that. They're um, they're different. And, I didn't know this but all kudos for that go to Jeremy Borash. He's the guy that's doing the uh the vignettes in NXT. He was the brains behind Final Deletion and all that stuff in Impact and he did the um uh the Io Shirai one when she was on top of the building. Um those vignettes and he's doing the stuff with Boa and Ziyeli. So Jeremy Borash, ex uh, Impact TNA wrestling guy making a splash over NXT. Good for him.
1: Yeah, uh yeah, I mean he seems to have some value so uh good for him you know, getting a job over in NXT and helping them and I don't know if he'll if he has done anything for the main roster or if he will but you know he seems like he has a lot of uh, unique ideas that maybe will be used going forward
0: it's weird that they have like um vignettes for some people and other people who just come in so cold like um Retro AG and um Kurt Stallion kind of came in cold and who's the guy i don't know how you say his name now is it Tyler Rust, Rust Tyler, uh, help me. Is it, he's, I know they switched his name. It was like back at what, – what's
1: his name? I think it's Tyler Rust now, if I'm it not mistaken. It used to be like
0: Rust Tyler, right, which I'm pretty sure was Keenan from Mighty Ducks 1 and 2 and, and 3. Oh, my God, his finisher should be the knuckle puck. Why has nobody told him his finisher should be the knuckle puck, Joe? How would you administer a knuckle puck, Mike? Well – Back in college, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. let's not go there. Um, but he's a guy I like too. I, I really like him and I like his uh, partnership with uh, Big Stoke, Stokely Hathaway, but um, not at all regards to Stokely Hathaway and what's going on there. Uh, we are going to talk today since it's, uh, it's. I don't know about you, but when I look at the calendar each year, I uh, four seasons, the, the four seasons, uh, spring, summer, fall, and winter, to me, are broken up uh, professional wrestling-wise. You know, fall is Halloween Havoc season. Winter is Royal Rumble season. Spring is WrestleMania season. And summer is Summer Slam season, for the most part. And we are now entering Royal Rumble season. Today is uh, October. Fucking idiot. Is it? Yeah, I I wish it was. Today is January 9th, 2021, or the 374th day of 2020, uh, it seems like and we are officially on the road to the royal rumble which will culminate at the road to wrestlemania but i guess they really say like the rumble is the start of the road to wrestlemania right that's kind of how they look at it
1: that's how michael cole says it
0: why 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 are we doing this why well, I
1: that's what you, that's what he says the road to wrestlemania begins at the royal rumble that's what michael cole tells me every single year <laughs> it is <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just like your disdain in the delivery, uh, I, it's
1: the same because it's the same thing every year. That's why, and it's, it's, it's embedded in my memory.
0: Kind of like every Survivor Series, it's all of a sudden it and SmackDown hate each other, and now every Royal Rumble season is the road to WrestleMania. So, uh, Royal Rumbles in a couple of weeks, I believe it's three weeks, and the matches are already shaping up. Man, we have a star-studded couple of championship matches, don't we?
1: Yeah, I mean, Goldberg's a big star. So, yes, I think that's spot on, Mike.
0: Yeah, Goldberg versus uh, Drew and Roman Reigns versus Scrap Daddy, right? Scrap Iron, Adam Pearce.
1: It's a long overdue, long overdue. Real
0: sentence here. That's a real sentence. I'm all for Adam Pearce, who's actually a former NWA. Speaking of NWA, peep my Nick Aldis over here. That's him, Nick Aldis. He's a... real uh the real world champion adam pierce former nwa uh, world heavyweight champion getting a shot at roman reigns as of right now which is what do you think the odds were in vegas like for uh for like a prop for that like in the year 2005 it's like oh adam pierce will have a wwe title shot by 2025 what would you put the odds at
1: plus, uh, i don't i don't know that 30 there, would, there would be odds for that yes i think it's off the board off the board uh, yeah. But
0: listen so uh, as we do every year we kind of go back into the annals of history and yeah. Royal Rumbles uh I love to kind of go back and start at the beginning start at Royal Rumble 1989 and work our way forward um watching them seeing how the Royal Rumbles have evolved uh year to year seeing how they're booked and how the matches for WrestleMania get set up in the Royal Rumble so without further ado what we're going today is we're going to Bring back the people's favorite segment. Three ain't enough, Joe. I gotta make it five. I don't think it's that one. The five count. So our, today's five count is our top five favorite fucking earpieces. uh, Top five favorite Royal Rumbles of all time. Now I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely honest with you. My five change year to year, Joe, because I watch them all and I notice different things. Not all my five, I mean, you know, but like I, I appreciate different things from different matches uh, year after year. And I, I texted you the other day and about something from 2005, I think. And you were like, I'm really impressed that you're watching the Royal Rumble 2005. And I was like, you know, I don't really remember. There are some Rumbles that you remember, right? And you're like, oh, I remember everything. And there's some that are like, did that one even happen? So that's what I did this year. I went back to the ones that I, I really didn't recollect at all and I watched them. And a couple of them I remember why. I recollected nothing from them, Uh, specifically the one in San Antonio because it was atrocious. Um, But there were other ones that I watched, and I was like, oh, man, this is better than I remember. So what we're going to do is we're going to give our top five favorite Royal Rumble matches, not not pay-per-views, Joe, right? Just Royal Rumble matches?
1: Just the Royal Rumble matches themselves. That's correct.
0: Okay, so we're going to break down our top five. Joe, would you like to go first? Sure, I'll go first, Mikey. That's not a oh, problem at all. let me get my notes in my marble notebook here. I'm going to hold it like this, like a composer, like a fucking idiot.
1: Oh, yeah, you're uh, the, fifth, the 15th Symphony. Is that what it's called? 15th, 31st, 972. First
0: Symphony. I'm going to flex and read. This is my new thing.
1: Number five on my list is going to be a little bit. Probably controversial, just because of the guy who won it. But uh, I'm going with 2004. 2004 Royal Rumble. I thought was a. Who won
0: it first? You know who who won it that year?
1: Chris Benoit won it from the number one position in 2004. Um, one of, I believe, only him and Shawn Michaels have won from the number one position ever, unless I'm mistaken. I'm sure people will comment or tweet us if I'm wrong. But Bagu. I, the Bagu didn't even comment on the New Japan podcast. So let's <laughs> hang on for a second there. So, no, I, I went with 2004 because, A, you don't always see wrestlers last from number one all the way to the end, especially someone winning it. So at the time when I was watching it, it was a tremendous feat for someone who had been in the business a long time and was looking to earn a title shot at WrestleMania, which he did and went on to win the title from triple H in a triple threat match at WrestleMania 20. But you know, the story of him going from start to finish, um, especially at the end kind of outlasting a lot of guys the, the ending was, you know, big show eliminating guys one by one, you know, Chris Jericho, Kurt angle were towards the end of it. Um, but eventually Benoit prevailed and eliminated the big show kind of with a, uh, a headlock and dragged him over the top rope and kept himself in the, in the ring. So there's a lot of star power in the match. There was a good story told throughout. And, you know, despite the fact that of who the winner is, I still think that 2004 is in the top five rumbles of all time.
0: Okay. I like the, uh, it, it was a good match. It was definitely uh you know, controversial take, but it set up some really good things for WrestleMania. So I, I, I would, I, I see that. Um, I'm going to go with 2007. Uh, 2007 Royal Rumble was, it it was definitely booked a little bit differently. They had the ECW guys in there, right? And I feel like the bloom had fallen off the rose at that point, but um, it was nice to have a a change of pace. I mean, seeing Sabu in in a Royal Rumble was just uh, different. Rated RKO had teamed up in the Rumble. Um, MVP to me had a really good showing. He wasn't in there for that long, but That dude, it's funny to see MVP in 2007 and MVP now just um, being great uh, all around. And at the end, it was uh, Taker and Shawn, which uh, was a great ending. They had, uh, to me, as the last two guys, they had the closest semblance to a professional wrestling match at the end of the Royal Rumble. And uh, which set up uh, Taker and Shawn at WrestleMania that year. So for me, number five was uh, 2007.
1: Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I went with that as my number four uh, Rumble, which was 2007. Um, Similar, primarily because of the Taker and Sean interaction at the end. I think that's what it's most remembered for. Um, They, of course, I think worked for 10 to 15 minutes as the last two guys. There was a lot of close calls. Um, The show itself, I believe, was in San Antonio. Both of these guys were from Texas. So I was presuming that Sean would win because he was from A, he was from San Antonio, and B, because the, the planned title match for WrestleMania that year, WrestleMania 23, was Triple H and John Cena, but Triple H had been injured, and Sean would go on to get the title shot at WrestleMania 23, so I, I thought that he would win this match, but instead, uh, The Undertaker won, went on to face Batista at WrestleMania 23. But you know that for the exact reason that you mentioned, I think the Sean and Undertaker interaction at the end, was what made it uh, a great rumble for me. So that's my number four.
0: Uh, number four for me was uh, actually the previous year was two thousand six. Um, two thousand six Royal Rumble was uh, the winner was Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio came out. What did he come out two that year? Did he come out one? I forget.
1: I think it was. I think it was number two if i'm not mistaken but I'll, i think uh, it was
0: two he came out in the eddie guerrero low rider that whole match was a uh, tribute to eddie guerrero and as far as star power i mean that uh the final four uh was a triple h i have it right here the yeah the final four were uh, rvd orton triple h and ray mysterio um that was the returning rvd that year uh he got a ridiculous pop and uh i believe he was he was thrown out by triple h right
1: Probably, uh,
0: yes, he was. Uh, yeah, that was the there was a lot of heat on him because it feels like um, a lot of people were thinking RVD was gonna yeah win that year, and that was um the crowd was hottest for him without a doubt. Um, also Carlito was super over, but I think the thing that I enjoyed most about 2006 Royal Rumble was how hot the crowd was the entire time. It was like to me, it was almost that right before cell phones. My right ear plug's going to fall out again. I'm going to break something. It was right before cell phones became popular. Nailed it. Yeah, it was right before cell phones became popular um, or as much as they were. So there was a lot more of a focus on the ring and not and, and uh, the countdown and stuff. So it really made for a, a great Royal Rumble. The story of Eddie um, and Ray um, and Ray's dedication. Eddie was really good, and um, I don't know. I just really enjoyed the 2006 Rumble.
1: Yeah, that's a good choice. I thought about that one with Rey Mysterio going the, uh, you know, pretty much going the distance in that match uh, well over an hour for him. So that was an excellent choice. Uh, for number three for me, I'm going to go with 2008, which was the year right, obviously right after 2007. And the reason I think – there's several reasons for this. One is it took place in Madison Square Garden which I, which is always a special thing for pay-per-views, at least for me being and you know, from New York. And I was at that show. Uh, it started with Taker and Sean as one and two. Uh, so I thought that was a, a nice way to, you know, acknowledge the year before as they ended 2007. All the good story. Yeah. Yeah. And started with uh, Taker and Sean. Uh, Sean would eliminate Taker from this rumble uh, about halfway through. Um, it's most well-remembered for the surprise return of John Cena at number 30, coming back from a pectoral injury that he was, was supposed to keep him out several more months. He came that back was... in like four months
0: from a fully torn pec. That was one of those holy shit moments.
1: Yes, it was. I At the time, I can say I certainly was not expecting it. And I think most people in the arena were not expecting it either, given the reaction that he received when the buzzer went off at number 30 and his music started playing. So it also featured some legends returns with Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snuka in the middle of the match which got a good reaction from the crowd as well and again the star power as you've mentioned previously you know Triple H Batista John Cena uh, to- towards the end uh, Umaga was in it late uh, CM Punk before he really kind of got got big was in this match several others like i said started with Taker and Shawn so there's a lot of big names in this and i think you know the ending was Again, a surprise because Cena arrived, and I wasn't really sure who was going to win. Was it going to be Triple H? Was it going to be Batista? Was it going to be you know, Cena? Any of those guys could logistically win at that point in time um, in the company. So, number three on my list is the 2008 Royal Rumble.
0: That's a great choice. Uh, I remember Cena standing at the entrance where I think he was wearing an orange shirt or an orange hat, and the place just went absolutely bonkers. Whether you hated John Cena or you loved John Cena you weren't expecting him to return and that was a genuine holy shit moment so it's a great choice for three um my three and my two i'm really all right number three i'm gonna go with the 1990 royal rumble um 1990 is one of my favorite years in uh wwe and professional wrestling as a whole um i i think debiassi was in this royal rumble for over 45 minutes he was kind of the the one that put everything together and really held the flow um, the entire way. The um, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Dusty Rhodes um, issue uh, was heightened at the Royal Rumble here when uh, Dusty eliminated the Macho Man. Hogan and Warrior having that moment where the ring kind of cleared and they stopped and they looked at each other and the crowd just ate it up organically. Two baby faces that had never had any dealings with each other. Before that, they did the crisscross. It was monumental, but even more importantly, it led to one hell of a main event at WrestleMania um, with Hogan versus Warrior, the double title, the champ champ, um, Ultimate Warrior late, uh, later that year. And it was the first babyface versus babyface uh, Royal Rumble. So I went with 1990 for my number three.
1: Oh, it's, yeah, it's an excellent choice. I think a lot of those old school ones have a lot of rewatchability value, at least for me. Um, so it's it's uh it's fun to go go back and watch some of those those matches from that period of time when things were a little bit you know a little bit different. The, it was it wasn't just about the title shot, you know. It was uh, there was a lot more going on in those matches.
0: It's a little uh, more pure, right? Like like a more it was it was a purer time.
1: Yes, it was back back in the day. Uh, my number two ranked rumble, I went with two thousand and one. Um, the match itself, I think, is just is very good. That was during a peak period for the company in terms of popularity, you know, probably towards the tail end of the attitude era, Uh, but it featured, you know, Steve Austin uh, being back and winning the rumble for officially the third time to go on and challenge at WrestleMania 17 for the WWE title. Um, This was also the rumble that I believe Kane at the time set the record for uh, eliminations in a single match. Again, there's a lot of star power. I mean, anytime you got Drew Carey in a match, I mean, it's got to be in your top five. So I'm going to go with uh, 2001 with uh, the winning Steve Austin uh, to go on to WrestleMania X7, one of the best main events of all time, as my number two-ranked Royal Rumble.
0: God, some of these Royal Rumbles were so good, weren't they? And just going back and rewatching them, I really enjoyed. This one's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to go with – I mean, and yeah, I have to – I had to look at this one in a vacuum um, and look at it for what it was and not what happened afterwards and where we are today because it really sucks. But I'm going to say 2018. The 2018 uh, Royal Rumble was – there were a lot of surprises in there and even more surprisingly than most was the winner, uh, which was Shinsuke Nakamura. You read that right. You heard that right. I don't know if if anybody remembers that, but Shinsuke Nakamura won a Royal Rumble. And he last eliminated Roman Reigns. Picture that, Shinsuke Nakamura, who lost uh, two weeks ago to Otis, won a Royal Rumble. Um, I, that's why I said I have to look at it in a vacuum because if I look at it in how Shinsuke is booked today, it's it it sucks and it kind of defeats the purpose. But at the time when Shinsuke won, it was it was awesome because I think everybody was expecting Reigns to win, and the pop when. Nakamura one was uh, out of control. Uh, Balor, Reigns, Nakamura, Cena, and Randy Orton were the final five. And to give Nakamura the win over those guys was um, surprising, to say the least. Um, Reigns threw out uh, Seth Rollins. They were friends at the time. That was a a really good storyline. And Adam Cole, like when he entered, it it blew the roof off, and he had a great showing. Then he was eliminated by Rey Mysterio, which was a little – stupid uh to me but I uh really enjoyed in a vacuum the 2018 Royal Rumble
1: yeah I, that's a a solid choice I think that's one that you know for me it gets I, I tend to lose certain matches in the mix of the last 10 years when when things happened what year and who debuted and all those things so um that is a solid choice at number one for me maybe obvious just for a lot of folks but I still think that the best Rumble match from top to bottom was 1992 with Ric Flair uh, going all the way from number three until the end. That was clearly the best performance to that point in the early history of the Royal Rumble. He was relatively new in the company at that point, having started in the latter half of 1991. Uh, The WWF title at the time was vacated due to the uh, happenings between Hulk Hogan and the undertaker and to a certain extent, Ric Flair. So the winner of this match was to be crowned the WWF champion and Ric Flair lasted from number three all the way until the end uh, last eliminating Hulk Hogan. And, uh, previous to that Sid justice was, was there. So a little bit of a shady ending with Hulk trying to, was it, Oh no, excuse me, Hulk, then Sid justice. My mistake. I had that reversed. Um, Shady ending there with Hulk kind of grabbing onto Sid's arm and then uh, Flair dumping him. But, uh, you know, a win's a win, and uh, Flair was the champion. And I think the other, the other aspect that people remember the most about this match was the performance on commentary of Bobby the Brain Heenan, um, you know, living and dying with every single close elimination for Ric, Ric Flair. So, uh, to me, this is still my favorite Rumble uh, ever my favorite to watch. And I think the best performance uh, of all time by Ric Flair.
0: I echo your sentiments. Exactly. Um, it was also my number one. Let me ask you this. If Bobby Heenan wasn't on commentary, would it still be your number one?
1: <laughs> I probably would, but it would, it would be a lot closer. I'd probably be considering other things, but you know, Bobby, and Gorilla, you know, kind of going back and forth the entire time. And, you know, I was really at that, at that time, I was only nine years old. So it, uh, but I was still very intrigued, um, and interested by Ric Flair being in the company at that stage. I'd only really heard of Ric Flair and, you know, read things in, in Pro Wrestling Illustrated about Ric Flair. I did not you know watch a lot of NWA WCW at that age. So my familiarity with him was kind of just more through pictures and magazines. So to see him uh, on the program, especially when he first showed up with the the title belt, uh, I just I found it very exciting at the time, and I was I was very interested in it, and I was hoping that he would win the rumble, and he did. So that was uh, that's a big factor for me. But yeah, Bobby Bobby was uh, you know on his on his game on commentary that day.
0: It was a legendary performance from two of the greatest of all time, um, Bobby Heenan and Ric Flair. Ric Flair um, just selling in the ring, um, playing his role perfectly, um, not trying to be a hero. He he was a heel and he did heelish things and he got out of the way when it was necessary. And um, the way he sold for Hogan, um, you know, it's almost a shame we never got those Hogan and Flair matches back in 92 um, that we should have, I think um rick flair made everybody in that royal rumble better um for being in there and bobby heenan on commentary i mean there some of the greatest lines um that are so I, I i literally just watched 1992 last night and i laughed and i when he's talking about roddy piper and piper made a save on flair from getting tossed out bobby was like it's <laughs> he's like it's not a skirt it's a guilt he's like i'm sorry roddy and then piper turned around <laughs> and he hit Flair, and he's like, you miserable son of a, he's like, it's a skirt, it's a skirt, you freak. It was just, um, dude, it was so great. And they were talking about the warlord, and uh, as the warlord was coming out, Bobby was just pleading. He's like, uh, he's like, he's mean, he's nasty, he's like, he hates everybody. He's like, he hated me, and I managed him. And I mean, <laughs> he killed, and Gorilla did, the, Bobby and Gorilla both did such a great job making you realize the physical toll that it was taking on Ric Flair without it being a quote-unquote angle alert, right? Like, they weren't going overboard where it's like, oh, like, like some commentators do today where you're like, oh, now I know what's going to happen. They were just actually selling that, you know, that Ric Flair had almost no shot because he was so early in there. And it was just... It, it was an amazing performance made even better um, by my favorite commentary team of all time, uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. So number one with a bullet, 1992 Royal Rumble for both of us, man. But it it sure is fun going back and watching their shows, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's uh, just to have the ability with the network to go back and watch any show that you want as opposed to having a, you know, dust off a VHS tape and and plug it in and fast forward like I used to have to, have to do 15 years ago, or whatever it was. Um, yeah. You know, I was it's, watching it's um,
0: 2001 last night, and they are still sponsored by 1-800 Collect. Save a buck or two with 1-800 Collect, man. It's such simpler times, right? It was so much more fun uh, back in the day. It's going to be weird this year with no crowd. Um, the crowd really is what makes it. So having surprises in the rumble without a crowd, I'm so sick of the piped in fake, uh, Thunderdome shit, right? It, it really kind of kills it for me. It's weird. And I don't, I'm not trying to show for a W here at all, but I feel like the a W shows that are taped that have a little bit of the piped in crowd almost seem better than the live shows, um, which is strange, but I don't know the WWE piping in a lot of the stuff they do. It, it, it is it me or does it sound too phony? Right?
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't know how they figure out how much crowd noise to pump in and, and whatnot, but um, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it does feel a little bit overly fake at, at points. Um, So there's something to be said for, you know, I I do, what I do like actually in terms of the setup is I do like what NXT does. And they have that mix of, you know, physical people there, like the wrestlers and then also some, you know, Thunderdome type screens up there. I, I like that the best because you get that natural in in-house sound as well as maybe some of the fans um you know just the way that they have it set up for raw and smackdown with just the screens i mean it looks nice but the sound is is not not to my liking
0: no that, that's a good point I, I forgot that nxt does that and nxt's reaction is definitely more along the lines of the aw reaction and just like gargano this week being able to go back and forth with the fan in the front row it's like i i, I miss those days so um listen I don't care where or when the Royal Rumble is. I'm going to watch it. It's my favorite pay-per-view of the year. Um, I don't know who's going to win this year. We could talk about that, you know, as we get closer. But it was definitely, uh, it was a lot of fun going down memory lane, buddy, and getting a chance to watch some of these old shows back.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely it was. It's nice to uh, to have those options if the current product is not something that is. It sucks. Um, you know, as good as it used to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, the Royal Rumble match itself is always, uh, fun to watch, not knowing who's going to win. So, uh, you know, in a few weeks they'll have that show and I'm sure we'll do some predictions around it and, uh, hopefully it'll be a good one this year.
0: Yep. Until then, we're going to keep, uh, you know, keep, uh, trucking on here watching, uh, I'm, I'm very interested by the way, well, before we get off here, new Japan strong on Fridays, the dirty daddy, Joe. Chris Dickinson, old Dick Strings himself is uh is is there Friday nights. he just was a surprise member of team filthy and he and Brody King beat the shit out of each other and between Brody King Chris Dickinson, um, our buddy Danny Limelight uh, and everybody that's on these Friday shows I, it, kudos to new Japan pro wrestling for giving us a, um, a weekly show out there. And it looks like we're going to get Moxley um, versus Kenta. I have a feeling on one of these shows too, or if the um, cause it seems like that's where it was taped, right? Where Moxley showed up with the uh, IWGP us heavyweight title. It seems like it was taped from the same place these shows are. So I'm excited to see what's going to be uh, coming forward on Fridays, but if it's got the dirty daddy, it's got Brody King. It's got Tom Lawler, man, and Danny Limelight. I am, uh, I'm here for it. I'm looking forward to it. And if you want to see what else we're here for, make sure you follow us on all social media accounts at All Night Long WP. Also, make sure you follow our friends over at Wrestling Headlines on YouTube. That's where all of our shows are going to get posted. Video. Uh, Joe is ever the student. And you're really doing some great stuff additions, uh, audio tweaks, uh, chapters, graphics. There's nothing the guy can't do. So, our videos are getting better. You could skip around. You can not hear my bullshit and go to, you know, it tells you at the bottom what you want to listen to. So, you don't have to listen to the whole show. I don't blame you. I don't like listening to myself either. If you just want to hear a couple of bits and pieces, now you can do that because. The stallion is a multifaceted son of a bitch. And we're here for it, buddy. We appreciate you.
1: <laughs> I'm just doing the best I can, buddy. Try to, uh, you know, draw in draw in the viewers and listeners uh, because clearly my face isn't really doing the trick. So,
0: Well, the good news is uh, our face isn't going to be here next week. We're going uh, to have some – well, we'll be here. But we'll have uh, an interview next week, which we will be releasing. Next week? This fucking – sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, we will uh, let everybody know next week who we're going to be interviewing. I think the interview is going to be the week after that. But um, like I said, we're here for it. We're here all the time. Instagram, Twitter, at All Night Long Facebook.com slash All Night Long WP. And make sure you follow along on um, YouTube and our guys over at Wrestling Headlines. That's it for another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. He's the Stallion. I'm the Enforcer. And we're tapping out.